to another episode of the Table Topics Podcast. Joining me today are... Anas. Christian. Santiago. And I'm Caleb. This is part two of our episode of what we're playing right now. Part two, baby! Yeah, part two, baby! (laughs) Woo! Woo! Sorry, just getting the energy up. Uh, Today... (laughs) Can I just say, you're dressed like someone who's super into sports, which, you know... I. You, you kind of are, but uh, but that was sport person energy. That was jock energy, and we're only about nerd energy here. I am Please, so thank you. sorry. Let me take uh, about 20% off. We'll <laughs> nah. this again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, am kidding? I are you, you doing a little joke? I'm doing a little joke. <laughs> oh my god, audience, that's the worst thing we've ever recorded. You oh, and we are keeping nerds. this. Like, 100% keeping this. This, this. this is, this um, is for it. So last time we were talking about a few of the campaigns that we've played in and are actively yeah. playing. What we mentioned were uh, Shadowrun, a very long one that we've been uh, playing around four years. Exalted, another pretty long one that five lasted five years. years. Yeah. And that that was the bulk of it. And then we also mentioned at the very end, uh, Icewind Dale. Which has ended. Yeah, and that one has ended. But I think, you know, we kind of underestimated. I mean... They've been going on for collectively nine years, so we had a lot to say about them. So that's why we're recording a second episode, because we have even more to talk about. And and to be fair, we could have kept talking about those two. Yeah, There's easily. been a lot that's gone on. Yeah. yeah, and a lot that's, you know, worth sharing. But, you know, for the sake of infotainment, is that the right word? Man, this is two sessions in a row, two episodes in a row. Yeah, we're recording these back to back as well. I'm zeros on those, on the words, (laughs) on the English. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I think where we kind of left off was we were talking about Icewind Dale. One thing that I did want to mention, a a game that we are all playing as well currently at the moment, is kind of a uniquely set up one, which is Lancer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. uh, Santi is GMing that one as well, and that one's pretty unique because it's set in a kind of futuristic setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is my own setting. I've taken bits and pieces from the actual Lancer lore, but I've made my own setting. I took a lot of inspiration from like Romance of the Three Kingdoms, uh, applying it to like a a futuristic uh, setting, like planet uh, trotting uh, mm-hmm. setting. Lancer's very heavily mecha based. Mm-hmm. Everyone is a mech pilot. Um, and it is primarily done online. Uh, I started it because one of uh, our friends, Andy, who at the time was living and working in, in South Korea, didn't have the kind of opportunity to to play in as many games, and uh, I was just like trying to trying to make a game that anybody could pick up and play for a session if they wanted to. You know, it it's basically like a it's a style of game referred to as like a West Marches yeah. style game. Yeah, there's like more than thirteen players in that campaign right mm-hmm. now. There's an online like Discord server where players uh, are in character. They sign up for missions in character. And then once the mission's full, all the players kind of, like, figure out schedules so that you can run the one-shot. Yeah, it's a a collection of... There's an overarching story Mm -hmm. and everything going on, but each 
session is pretty much a self-contained one-shot, so there's no set group of people that need to be a part of the story at any time. And Mm -hmm. so everybody signs up for a mission, Mm -hmm. that will be a one-shot, and, you know, the next week you can go another, you know, month or two without playing, and that's fine. And, like, this is, like, the very classic, like, West Marches thing, which is, like, you know, it's a mercenary group, and people Mm -hmm. sign up for mercenary missions, which it's named because of that, because there is, like, an old... I, I don't know if it's a module. I I oh, I know it's an old campaign thing yeah. that was called the West Marches, and it's mm. just like a mercenary company, and people come in and out. Yeah. Players come in and out with different They're characters. Explore, it, it, West Marches, that, that specific origin, dealt a lot with, like, exploration. Yeah. So players would, like, group up together and be like, we want to go in this direction and see what happens over there, or they uncover a ruin or a yeah. dungeon. Yeah problems come back to the town that all the players are part of uh, and events happen regardless of who's present to play. Yeah, Yeah. and that's kind of the overarching story that like everybody is, gets glimpses of in their one-shots and if they're paying attention they can kind of put the pieces together not only by just reading other people's, you know, missions reports but also from just like even within their own, you know, sessions like I think I've been a part of like you know, a handful of sessions, and even just within my sessions, I was able to be like, oh, this is the same group, and then same kind of characters I'm seeing between them, and it's really neat that that way. It's probably one of my favorite parts of the campaign, is just that sense of like, oh, this is so grand, and just hearing and talking to other players about, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to do this last week, and Mm -hmm. like, this is what we've been up to, and oh, we ran into these things, and my character was initially set up to be like a big dumb goofball like literally based on like duke nukem if he went to rehab was the character idea (laughs) but me as a player has turned into a fucking conspiracy theorist and because i am so addicted to this game and i love like lancer and the system and all that I am one of the highest ranked people just because I'm I've been in so many things. And so now I am kind of leading the group and putting the strings together conspiracy theorist style and now I'm like I am Duke Nukem the leader? Can I just <laughs> say that is you Chris bleeding into the camera. I know. A thousand percent. <laughs> a thousand percent. Chris gets uh, got excited and so is on a lot of missions, and that's one of the prerequisites for increasing your rank. Mm-hmm. That is Chris wants to put the threads together. That is Chris likes to tr- drive this forward. Yeah, yeah I am simply modified by character. <laughs> you had a character concept, but you were like the Chris can't be quelled. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. I need to connect the Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and to be fair, uh, I I did put in a lot of effort world building the setting. Uh, uh, so there are like 52 planets. I was going to say, you at the beginning like was like, oh, I kind of put this small setting together. He has like a whole galactic map. He has histories for every planet. Every planet has like a, a paragraph describing what the planet is like. That you guys see there's more. Yeah, there's yeah, more. Like course. what he gave us at the outset before uh, uh, like before we started anything is more world building than I think is in any of the other campaigns we're involved in right now yeah. maybe. Yeah, it- Sachi was like oh I just want something like Low commitment, low effort, and then... But not for him. Yeah, but for him. This is like four campaigns <laughs> worth of planning. <laughs> you uh, psycho. 
it, and he's sometimes running several sessions a week. Like to, when he's introing it to p- people, he's like, "Oh, you know, it's like you might do a session every month or two, you know, yeah. every once in a while, because it's all one shots. If you if you want to do more, you can. If you want to do less, you can. See, it's so low commitment. What he doesn't say is he's uh, like running. <laughs> he's the only GM, yeah, and, and he's yeah. planning like at least like five missions. <laughs> Every like go around of when yeah. missions are available. It, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, man. yeah. It <laughs> it's funny because what I did really like about because um, my character was from a planet that you hadn't ri- written like a ton on, and so it was. Well, no, you were the first player to come from that planet. Yeah, and one of my policies was okay. if you were the first player f- coming from a planet, uh, you get dibs on kind of like putting your spin on it. Right, yeah, and that kind of sated a small part of me that was like, hey, I want to flex my creative, like, muscles mm-hmm. in coming up with a setting and a story. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty fun. I like that a lot. I like Buckaroo. Buckaroo yeah. is pretty great. Oh, I, I really enjoy Buckaroo, and I can't wait to play more Buckaroo. <laughs> I, I will say, though, I expected less people to be playing silly characters. Uh, and I was I was ready to go into it to be a bit more of a troublemaker. Yeah. Uh, but that a lot of people are playing like wa- like wild characters, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna I've been slowly going like uh, more hardliner, more more the more tactical person in the group. <laughs> See, same. I was like, I'm gonna go full silly, and then I was like, I must be serious to keep us all alive. <laughs> I, I, I will say, my character still has silliness because they have like a, a chicken AI, mm-hmm. but. My character also is like the on the last mission we went to where we had to go through like uh like a checkpoint security. I'm like, technically my character has a military background, like low key. So I was like, I guess we yeah. push that more and yeah, I guess you, like <laughs> We really like leaned on that in yeah. like the actual like planning of the mission as yeah. well and like getting through the checkpoints yeah. in some sort of legit way. Yeah, and so uh, it's like he's more and more like the more military aspect is like what's popping out. But yeah. It's that's I think that's a very fun campaign. I think just I, in general yeah. the West Marches style mm-hmm. I think is really is really it, it has fun. a lot of potential. I, if you are yeah. going to do West Marches though, I would suggest maybe getting two or three GMs instead of look, having one psycho look, GM trying look, to uh, look do or, everything. Yeah, just like less. Look, no, man. but here's the thing. I don't think it's psycho. I think it's it's <laughs> no, I think it's different. Because what it is is you every campaign you're in is, a, is like a slot of time in your life, of your free time that you're giving for this. Yeah. And you want, sometimes, as a GM, like, you just want to give more. You want, you have a story you want to tell. You want to set these things up. And mm-hmm. not enough people are, it can be players. So, this West Marches works, because it's a yeah. full, it's a, it's the same as a full campaign for the GM, mm-hmm. and for the players, it is a small watch shot. So, it, it fills a need. It's okay, very okay. selfish on my part. Yes, yes. But, but here's the fucking <laughs> problem, dear listeners, is that Santi gets to play so much more Lancer than I do. I love Lancer. <laughs> if, if I could be in a Same weekly campaign, dude. if I could play twice a week of Lancer, I probably would. Well, that's the I'm thing. addicted. Like, he doesn't let us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, because there's some of us that are like, can we sign up for all the missions? And he's like, no, we have to let other people play the game. Yeah, there's competition like, signing yes, up okay. for missions. And, and uh, every time they go to a new planet and I put up the missions, it, it's, it's always a break to see 
For me, it's always like, I wonder which one everyone's going to want to sign up for immediately. And there's also a couple people that message you before, like, hey, let us know when you're going to be dropping it, you know? (laughs) Dropping the new set of missions. I will say, I've been on a different awkward spectrum of that, where I'm always like, you know, the missions come up, like, oh, that one seems interesting, and I sign up for it, I sign up for it, and no one else is interested, and it's like, like, this is a three to four person mission, and I'm the only person signed up, and then all the other missions get filled up, and I'm like, well... (laughs) Yeah, but then as soon as we're done our super cool missions and, and then we race and, to yeah and yeah, then Santi allows us to fill other ones but that, that because of that I've played less than most <laughs> people that are into playing because I just can't there for one of them Santi had to be like for one set of missions Santi had to be like alright People aren't allowed to sign up until I tell them they're allowed to sign up. <laughs> yeah. Here are the people that couldn't sign up before or signed up for missions that didn't fill up yeah. that uh, for the last round of missions. Mm-hmm. They get first pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and, and like, you could change that if yeah. you just, like, kind of yeah. waited for them to fill up and then filled in. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if you want a, to do a mission, then there is that. Yeah, yeah like, there's different ways to do that, you know. You, I think we can come up with solutions for that. Well. Yeah, like... I feel like um, the system works. It's like it doesn't yeah, need one, one thing I sorry, just want to mention about this, and it's similar to what we we're already talking about. Is just like you get to play with a lot of different people, which is fun. Yes. When people that you, some people you have not met in person. Yeah, exactly. Like I've I've met a few different people from like different friend groups, like mostly your friend groups, Santi. To be fair, because you are the GM and inviting people. Yeah. But it is still really neat to like just go on a different mission with a bunch of different people and just kind of, like, see how that works out. Yeah. And, like, because with Lancers, there's so many different mechs and so many different builds and, like, abilities yeah. that you can have and well, licenses, as yeah. they're called. Yeah. Well, we're going to be doing an episode on Lancer. Yeah. We'll 100%. do an episode on Lancer. It's going to be 50 minutes mm-hmm. of me just gushing about yeah. it. It's it's great. Yeah, I love it so yeah. much. But the yeah. thing is, you get to see, like, all the different um, builds and... That people have and how you kind of fit in and kind of interact. Yeah. And it's really fun for me as a support kind of character. Yeah. Just because I get to really mingle with other people's mechs rather than we just all do our own thing. So that's fun. I feel me. like even from a narrative perspective, it's interesting because mm-hmm. there's a part of like running a campaign, which is like, how do your characters know each other? Why are they on this? Like, why are they doing this together? Why are they working on this? The answer is money. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, like, right? yeah, it's like you're mercenaries, you're, you're doing this as a job, but it, that kind of setting kind of just fills in for the characters. How do you know each other? You're part of the same mercenary company. Like, have you met before? Well, have you ran on a mission with this person before or written some story up? Bec- uh, because there's like writing becomes mm-hmm. a very big part of this. Well, the way that you're running it. Yeah. And so it's like, have you written a story together before, interacted like uh, via the the message boards before, or have you gone on a mission together? Then you know each other. If you don't, then you don't, and that's fine. Yeah. And so it's it's narratively it gets char- it's very easy for characters to mesh, and you could just all be like Definitely. how you want to be. And and then you said mechanically, it's really cool to just be like yeah. to mix in into different parties and uh, and everything for everything to be fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, narratively, West Marches as well does a couple of cool things because. One, it opens up, like, inter-character conflict becomes a lot more okay. Mm-hmm. Like, in yeah. D&D, or, like, a like knit, close-knit party system, inter-character conflict can be very difficult to run with, because, it's like, if the party gets fractured, that seriously can mess with 
Out of game. Like, out of game communication. And also, like, in game narratively. Yeah, like, how do you follow that? Yeah, like, people might be okay out of game. Like, oh, our characters could be in conflict, but in in game, like, if they're like, I will never talk to you again. Yeah. yeah. How do they stay in an adventuring party together? Yeah. It's, and the, yeah. real re- it, the real answer is you can't really do it. Yeah. You can. Th- it's hard. It's hard. Hard. It's yeah, very it's challenging. Hard. In most marches, if you're if you're if you feel like your two characters are never going to talk to each other again, they don't have to. Yeah. They don't have to. They <laughs> or if they end up signing up for the same mission, them yeah. conflicting with each other isn't the end of the world. Yeah, they're doing this as their job. They're part of this mercenary company. Someone has to fill the work, and they're yeah. like, "I hate you, but we both have to get and this that can job be a done." Fun thing to argue yeah. in the universe. As yeah, well. and also character death. It's way easier to murder a character in Westmark. <laughs> you would think so. Yeah. <laughs> you would think so. Hey, we're just good players. Yeah, That's why you haven't been, been able to kill yeah, us. It's I, not that you're I, merciful and haven't thrown super difficult things <laughs> at us. It's we're so good. I'm just distinctly remembering you saying, hey, I'm going to use my cannon to fire against the thing that is very clearly out of your league. And w- walking away. And walking this away. This is a small, like, gift of, like, mercy that, <laughs> that, that Sati is providing to us. But me as a character, because I remember, I was like, you gotta shoot him. Because <laughs> I was like, I just want to see it. Yeah, what, what happens if That's we shoot... That's a cool-ass what, enemy. What happens if we shoot Godzilla? <laughs> And I was like, I could shoot Godzilla and still live. And yeah, so, yeah, like, and I did. Sorry, Mecha Godzilla with a giant, yeah, with just, a giant laser. Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I did live, barely. Um, but yeah. one thing. I, sorry, I just wanted to build upon what you're saying with like the character yeah. thing. Is that is one thing that I like about just my personal style of how I like to play that I don't get to really delve into as much is like character growth and that sort of stuff because since it's you know they're kind of one shots without the same sort of group dynamic or stuff like that it's a little bit harder to kind of easily have you know that sort of character progression and challenges and stuff like that in a consistent basis i just don't like i i could personally like put more effort into the discord server and like rping that way it's just, that's harder than just... Oh, yeah. I feel like an extra challenge with that, too, is, like, you... Because you interact with different, uh, mm-hmm. with different parties, maybe, like, the party that sees it, like, yes, your character has changed and grown, but that might be just the only version of the character they've seen. Exactly. And so, like, that character growth is less impactful. Yeah, you. it feels like it's the character growth I have is only for me. Which and is very realistic for a real no, world. It, and that's, it is. But I don't get the satisfaction <laughs> of other people seeing Sometimes like, life oh, isn't satisfying. No, I, I will say, it, it's, it's a very realistic, and it's, yeah. if, in real life, if you're growing as a character, it should be for you. But when you're playing this game, it's a storytelling experience. That, exactly. You want to tell the story, <laughs> exactly. and it, you, it's you know challenging mm-hmm. to tell the story of character yeah. growth or just... Character change is like in uh, in general, like growth or deterioration is challenging to tell. I feel like so a a cool thing, and this technology has opened up this new window. uh, It's the Discord server we're talking about. So most of it is if you're writing stuff in that Discord server, it's in character. There's a few channels which is like this is for out of character stuff, Uh, but most of it is like in character. It's like 
the different locations and the home base of the mercenary group. It's like, you know, like the, the bar slash rest area, the, the, the barracks, the hangar. Yeah, the hospital. Yeah, 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 yeah. But each of these is its own channel, and exactly. so you could be a, you know, you could type stuff, something there and get some in-game interaction going between sessions that is impactful mm-hmm. and like will influence how like the characters interact with each other um, maybe someone in the ha- hangar d- you know does something cool and it's like hey some other like i will you know yeah. person a will post it's like you know i'm working in the hangar something blows up mm-hmm. uh, I-, I i curse at it and then some another player will be like well, they'll jump in. Hey, you know, there, yeah. there was there was, there was a thing with one of the players, uh, Vic. Their mech uh, did did a did an oopsie doodle. Yeah, d- uh, did a bit of an oopsie doodle in the uh, hangar yeah. in the way that it ate the character. Uh, yeah, among other things, there's uh, a hole in the side of the ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they they basically brought a contaminant into the, the hangar that went haywire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and fused with the mech. Yeah, and fused with the mech. But you know that—that's a thing that you—you know—it's an opportunity. It's a cool thing about that's unique yeah. to this campaign compared to anything else I've done. Which is like all they do is like they get a post about I'm at the hangar I'm trying to figure out this weird moss thing on my mm-hmm. mech. Like, what's it about? And other people can attack to that, and then the thing goes wrong, and other people are around, yeah. and like someone runs to call for emergency aid. You know, mm-hmm. uh, someone tries to pull out the character, that kind of stuff. And like we're all typing that uh, in in a chat. It's not part of a session, but it is part of the story. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I love, but also one thing that I hate because I was working during all that time, and I would have loved to like be a part of that, right? Yeah. But you know, I wasn't on Discord that entire time, and then I got the tail end, and it was like my character's also there. And it's like <laughs> fuck, you know? Yeah. Um, for from my perspective, I I have two things to add yeah. to to mention about Lancer from my perspective uh, running it. Uh, one is one of my favorite parts is, and, and this is true for so many games I've run, in particular more political games. But Lancer has brought it out, and and I enjoy it a lot. Is that kind of like conspiratorial connecting the dots thing mm-hmm. that players do? Because uh, when I when I made the setting and I did these planets and did these governments and and these characters and etc., I planted a bunch of like things and things happen in the universe that you know that that's one of the things I like to do. It's like things happen. You guys witness you know either their inception or them happening in the moment or their aftermath, and there's enough like breadcrumbs that you can kind of start grabbing a picture together and chris is a big conspiracy person in the campaign but he's not the only so is caleb so is caleb (laughs) he's not the only not the only two like everybody that that is like been on a lot of missions is extremely like trying to put things together and trying to get it right and it is just a a joy to see what what they're coming up with I'm not going to say the right or wrong because that that would that would spoil it. But uh, that's one thing. The other thing is uh, I when I when I originally made it, I I I almost went even more overboard. Uh, I spent <laughs> I spent like three months of free time learning a a 3D planet generation software to make the planets for each of the, the 52 planets. 
I made one, and that took me three months. Jesus. And and then I'm like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, man. I'm not doing this for 52 planets. Uh, but the the idea was so that you could see what the planet looks like. That would be sick. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> three months. Yeah, but use My procedural God. generation. Yeah, I. Uh, I'll, I'll tell this you. is a, a a very complicated 3D modeling program. Well, that's the thing. Like, when you want to do something, you want to do it right, yeah. right? And you don't want to just like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a blob. That's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that you want to put in the details and like, yeah, look into all this. And, it's cool. And it was procedural generation software. It's just very complicated. Very complicated. In depth, yeah. Like, like the, the, the planets that I was able... To, I was able to make one planet. I was able to make the Frost planet, the home world of the Zaheeran uh, Confederacy. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, okay, I got it to look just right. And then I tried to make another one, and I'm like... Dude, works. as somebody I, who's, like, studied planets yeah. and, like, had an entire course on planets, they are very complicated. So fucking complicated. Like, can I just say what I would have done, and maybe this is too late for that, is just make 72 procedurally generated planets and then fit in the story for them. But, but I had but, yeah, but you had the story first. Yeah, yeah I had yeah. the story first. I but yeah, I, I just want to say, like, based, like going back to the conspiracy point and trying to connect the dots, like, I really want to. But the thing is, like, I'm not involved in all the missions. Mm-hmm. I want to be involved in all the missions so I can connect the plot. And I know that you leave enough there for there to be enough breadcrumbs so that who's ever going through, like, there's an access so that you can go on not all the missions, but still be able to pick up on the story. Yeah, I, I wish I just made enough money so that I could get Santi to quit his job and just pay him to <laughs> pay run him Lancer. To write for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, that would be ideal so I could get through enough of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, and this is something that is more possible in a West March's style. We ran like a kind of like a half session that the Santi, the GM, didn't start. Uh, we had that like let's every all the players, you know, gather. Oh, you guys around. got all got together, yeah. Yeah, it's like let's let's gather around. This is in game. We're gonna gather around. We're gonna sit down in a in a war room and discuss all the evidence we've gathered so far. Uh, that that was something you you started, Chris. Right? Uh, I did. That you and Vic, I believe. Yeah, myself and Vic were like, "All right, we got too much shit going on. We need everyone else to come here and tell us." And I, and I feel that, that who then, is DK? I, I feel that then Donkey Kong. He's the leader of the bunch. You know him well. <laughs> He's finally back. Part of me really wants that to be true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I feel like something like that can, can work for you, like where you. <laughs> Uh, you, Caleb, you want to know all, all the things that you can't be involved in, uh, and so... You know what the issue that with that is? I wasn't there for that. Yeah, you I'm weren't so there. so sad. Uh, yeah. But, like, we, this is for us to know, but hey, yeah. you're here listening, listeners. <laughs> uh, we should just do that again. No, yeah. Just at a time that you can make it. Maybe just do it as a recap before. Hellhancer uh, has been on a bit of a hiatus. It's like, been on a hiatus. I haven't months. been feeling well. Yeah. yeah. Which is completely fine, but like maybe like eh, just before we uh, get off hiatus again, we should do another war room and get together. There's and actually one of the one of the players, uh, Roman, uh, who's new player, uh, actually is going to create is creating a a more easily accessible encyclopedia of the planets, their descriptions. Are we gonna have a there. wiki for our campaign? He's doing it. 
I, to be fair, like, I also nice. wanted to build a job board. Yeah, I remember But life that. got in the way. But yeah. I, I have, like, a way, like, a structure of, like, a way to do that. And, like, I'm super excited about that. But, like, as you weren't feeling well about, like, you know, and we went on hiatus, I also wasn't feeling well. So I was like, ah, I just do not have the effort the, the, to do the that. The energy, the, but, the like, spoons. Well, that's the thing. I don't have the spoons to do it. But I do have, like, the desire and want. Like, that's something that I, I would love and want to make happen. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be it, nice. It'd it's, be nice. Like, I think this this campaign is very inspiring for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It is it is the crack cocaine of, of campaigns. Definitely. It I, is. Yeah. I think, I I think the worst... It was, like, it's cool because it's, like, I'm not always, like... I, I usually don't like one-shots. I like, like mm-hmm. to be in a campaign that's more committed. Mm-hmm. But... This is, like, enough so it's, like, if everything else isn't running, you know, like, things aren't positive or what have you, this, this could still be there. And that, that's and what, it, and that's, that's doesn't home. Yeah, and you don't have to commit a lot. Like, yeah. and it, also, it, I like that part. I know we didn't really talk about, like, how the game is actually played, but I think it's really cool. And, you know, again, we'll talk about answer at some point, but it's also really nice to have a game that's mechanically, like, it's grid-based and stuff like that. It's very tight. It's very crotch-heavy. And having not really played very many tabletops yeah. that have been very crunch-heavy, it is a nice kind of scratch that mm-hmm. itch. Sort of yes, thing. absolutely. Yeah. So that is very fun. Uh, I was just going to mention, the. I think the worst... I'm, I'm finger-quoting. Worst uh, time I had with the campaign was when, like all, like, four of the five missions got filled up, and then I was, like, coordinating, like, when everybody <laughs> could do their schedules, yeah. and it was all in the same fucking week. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I guess this is my hell week. Let's go! <laughs> four sessions. Four, like, and the watch I feel like, are longer than sessions for, like, because with a long-running campaign like Shadowrun, we were like, if a session is short, it's like, oh, we'll get to it next week. Yeah. With, with, with nice one words, shots, like, it's like, we, we gotta finish. We gotta finish. So I feel like every session I've been in uh, for Lancer has been six hours. To, to be fair, yeah. some some missions I intentionally know they're gonna take longer, and mm-hmm. so I'll put in the mission description, like, two sessions. Two sessions. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. three sessions. Yeah. yeah. And some of them have just kind of went over because of whatever reasons, and mm-hmm. we just had to wrap up with an extra section. Session, but, yeah. yeah. But I feel like, yeah, every session I go into a Flancer is six hours. Yeah, so they are six, a time commitment. That's 24 yeah. hours in a week. That's a part-time job, just yeah. Lancer, and you're in three other campaigns. Yeah. Well, I'm more in three other campaigns. Yeah, that I know of. Okay. Speaking of other campaigns... Yeah. You're uh, four other campaigns that we, I know of, Do we want to maybe, like, move on from this? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. Uh, I feel Lancer like, will get its own set. Yeah. Its own... What I want to hear about next is a campaign that I know very little about. I don't even know what the 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 game the mechanics of the game you're playing is. Spire. Okay, so can I just yeah go for it? Kind of. Do, do you feel inspired? <laughs> <laughs> I sure do, Santi. And you know why I feel inspired <laughs> is because what we were talking about earlier yeah. with Lancer with conspiracy and connecting the dots. I feel a little bit of that as well with Spire. Chris is the GM for this one, and he kind of set it up. I mean, you're all about that. Uh, I set it up fully as a conspiracy, like, uncover the the plot. Yeah. Like, and I think this is the first session or campaign that I've been like, from the get-go, I'm taking notes, and I'm gonna keep tabs on everything. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it is the closest I have done to trying out a like mystery campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the premise for Aspire. of Spire in general is that uh, the player characters are playing Drow. They all work for a ministry, and this ministry's goal is to uh, subvert and gain power over an evil ruling class of high elves that are intensely magically powerful. You cannot fight them. They will kill you 100% of the time. Like, this is not a threat or an opponent or anything that you can directly just overpower and go, I'm going to go kill them. It's a lot of subterfuge rather than direct combat. It is is subterfuge. It is trying to, like, lay the groundwork. And it is also, at the beginning, saying to the player characters, you will die in your mission to make the Spire a better place. This is not about achieving some, like, personal goal for the characters. This is a lot more... How is your character going to change the spire? Hopefully for the better, but maybe for the worse. Yeah, like, you can't have the goal of, hey, so, like, the two classes of the Alfir, which are the, you know, ruling class, and then the Drow being the, you know, kind of subservient class. You can't really have the goal of, yeah, we're going to change all that because they're just so powerful. Yeah. Like, you have to have very specific goals of trying to, like, destabilize or change for yeah exactly change the world for so, your way and the, the the spire itself is this giant tower in which giant city yeah city tower massive in which the alfir and the drow live yeah so from what i'm hearing it's also like it seems like for a character you also can't have the motivation like this it's not about I'm gonna avenge my father, you know? It's not about, oh, like... You could, you could, could. It's not about, like, sorry, it's not about, like, the personal story. It's like, I want to be part of the, the upper class. Like, it, it seems more like there, there, there is this, uh... It's about greater goals. Yeah, you're part of the rebellion, yeah. but each person has their own goals yeah. to, like, help <laughs> with the rebellion sort of thing. Yeah, and like personal goals are also important to Spire because I can, as the GM, give you a choice between finding something to help you avenge your father and something that can help the drow and like push forward the movement and like give your character that push and pull between here's what you want and here's what's good for people. Uh, (laughs) Here's what you want, here's what your character wants. Yeah. (laughs) And and there's a an interesting comment where you say, you know, you could change Spire for the better or maybe the worse. Mm-hmm. One of the the primary character advancement of the system is you have affected change. It doesn't say whether that change has to be good or bad. It's just you have affected change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of their most powerful abilities that they've unlocked is they get like low, medium, or high. They all got a medium advance for taking an action that definitely got a lot of people killed. <laughs> like, oh boy. Um, it's, but, was it me? I'm, I'm not, not going to tell oh, okay. you which one it is, but the one of y'all motherfuckers have uh, 
influenced some bad things to There's happen. There's no way it's Dingo. <laughs> There's no way. So, so for, for Ennis, and because I don't want to, like, reveal anything yeah. unintentionally, yeah. what do you guys think is happening in the plot of Spire oh so God. far? I would need my character sheet with my... Because I <laughs> yeah. wrote all my notes on the back of my character but, sheet. G- g- give but, me some highlights. Yeah, so highlights in the campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right now we've kind of uncovered that, like, the big thing going around are these tattoos that the... It seems like a few Alfir are trying to use to control Drow and put them under their... Uh, control. Yeah, and there's the tattoos involve uh, liquid moonlight. Yeah, which is a very rare... And sacrilegious uh, item. Yeah. You know? Hard to get. And it seems like, where we're at right now, there is an interest... So the spire is ruled by a council, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that we did uncover is that the Alfir that are trying to use these tattoos to control a bunch of the drow are interested in a seat on the council. Specifically, for what reason? Still unsure. And we know that the tattoos remove the curse of the drow. Related to sunlight. Related to sunlight, but it also turns them into, you know, servants of that whoever, I actually don't even know if it is, like, the symbol that's on them. I assume so, associated with the tattoo given. And I'm just unsure as to, like, there was also an overall goal, I guess. There was a murder, assassination attack that happened. Yeah, like, the Alfir, the ones that are in control of this sort of plot uh, to get these tattoos and this moonlight to create the tattoos, they've turned on each other. And so it it seems like there's upper machinations that the Alfir have, and then we're kind of like looking through a peephole and seeing some of it, and we're trying to, you know... Trying to pick the side that fucks us less. We're trying to get involved without showing that, hey, you should be paying attention to us, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, what what I've tried to do is create, like, a grand plot and a grand conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And so my notes are literally, like... This is the story. Like, this is what happens. And the player character's involvement is just them going around and nudging things out of place and poking holes in and finding out yeah. all of the events and what's going to conspire and what has conspired. And just being like, how do we adjust this enough to get it to a better place? Exactly. Yeah. How can we be that invisible hand it at just to poke something, you know? I will say, that is very interesting also, like, from, like, a GM writing perspective of, like, the villains always, like, vi- like a villain's plan, instead of, like, having it be this complicated thing in your mind, it's mm-hmm. just, like, they have a vision for the future. This is the story that will unfold in the villain's head if things go the way they want, mm-hmm. and, like, the hero's job is to, like, thwart that. Like, even outside of Spire, I feel like you said that, and something in my head was like, that is very, like, significant for writing. If you're, like, thinking about, like, you know, your villain, they have a plan in their head that if left alone, this is how it will unfold. This is what the story will be, what the future will be. Where does the 
uh, do the heroes insert themselves yeah. to stop that? We've also had a bit of a hiatus, so it's okay. hard for me to really remember all the details. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember one thing from the last session. Mm-hmm. that we, we were talking about um, one of the characters, a disgraced Alfir, mm-hmm. his father was responsible for trying to uh, study a way to remove the curse from the drow, mm-hmm. if I'm... Yep. Yeah. And that is a very sort of sacrilegious thing. Not Maybe not sacrilegious, but just like a no-no for the Alfir, because they don't want the drow to not be cursed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... And so he was disgraced from Alfir's society and has since disappeared. And now his son is involved in some of this as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it it has been very fun, and also because the Elthier are like positioned as one the most like pompous pieces of shit yeah. imaginable. They're just like fun to role play, but at the same Wanda time, lost, yeah. they are like <laughs> they are walking like weapons. You like the player characters are terrified of them at all times, and they are like hyper magical, hyper intelligent beings. Like, one of them has been out of commission, almost got assassinated, and is, like, out in a, like, an ice bath, like, recovering mm-hmm. kilometers away. And we had a scene where one of the player characters was like, the information that we need is in her library. We know she has a bunch of very important things for us. Walked up to the door of the library and stood there <laughs> and was like, I can't go in here. I might die if I try to enter this library. Yeah. And, and they're not even there, yeah, right? Like they're they, not even there. They, they are, are recovering from almost yeah, death. Yeah. Actively out of commission. Yeah. And this is one of the ones that the party is like, we're kind of on their side, maybe? Like, and, and like, that's the level of respect they show to the villains. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a very high stakes, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, in a different campaign... We would just barge in, yeah, who cares, we're the yeah. heroes, you know? In this one, it's very much like, okay, we have to be so careful. Yeah. and like, Put everything back. Exactly. And, was. like, the last session, I remember something else, is my character, you know, it, it's hard to fully succeed at something, mm-hmm. Inspire, because a lot of the times you will, you know, succeed, With but at a cost. Yeah. And... Yeah. Recently, to discover that information that I was talking about earlier with the, um, the father? father that was studying the curse, and another thing that we had discovered and why I think that, well, I think we all think that, you know, they're turning on each other, the people kind of behind these tattoo machinations, are because there was a sort of... I, I there was a mirror a, that was glamoured. Yeah. Exactly, glamoured to mm. ba- basically hypnotize... Um, that character to try to commit that murder against. So there's basically three of them that we're aware of, and you know one of them tried to control the other one into killing the other other one. <laughs> so we're pretty sure that they're the we're, we're we're at least at four layers of contrivance. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 there's a lot drive. going on. Yeah. And and my favorite part of all that is that while he was snooping around. His consequence was paranoia. Yeah. Which is the person who did the hypnotizing knows that Dinka was there. 
He knows Caleb was snooping around. <laughs> they don't know which character it is. Oh, yeah. But there's bad things that are going to happen. Yeah. I, I love it. Especially, like, that's that's especially evil to do with not a character, but a player <laughs> that has anxiety. <laughs> and now you're like, hey, this thing has happened. You don't know. It's bad. <laughs> It's like, oh! <laughs> yeah, that's just the whole vibe was fun. No, I, and I love it. I'm having such a great time, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is very nerve-wracking also at the same time. Is that the most recent campaign that has started of everything we've been in? Ah! Uh, that, that, every, that more than one person here. here. Yeah. 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 When did that start? Have, uh, How many months ago? Like... Three, four months? Yeah, like three, four Something months. Like, like okay. June-ish, man. Yeah, like it started oh. in the the latter half of this year. I was just curious of like the length of that, because we kept mm-hmm. like hammering on with Shadowrun and Exalted. Yeah. It's like a four or five year campaign. But, yeah. but this also, has been going on for like three months. It also, three, four months, there's a month off. Right? Yeah, it's also explicitly a very short campaign. Like I told the players going into this, I think we're on session four or five. Uh, and, like, it's gonna be 15 sessions tops. Yeah. yeah. Because part of the mechanics of Spire is the player characters slowly gain, like, stress and damage and, uh, like, afflictions. Mm-hmm. And there's not that, really an easy way yeah, to deal with it. Yeah, that will accumulate over time, and ultimately, all of the characters are gonna die. So if somebody dies soon, they'll get a new character. But if somebody dies in the last couple sessions, they're dead. Yeah, you're, you're watching. <laughs> you're watching. <laughs> yeah, and th- it's funny because I think with the progression of the characters as well as we're getting like the abilities, like a high advance, it kind of is like a little bit taunting. Like, hey, you have this thing now, go use it. But to use it, you're going to be in a very dangerous, precarious situation. So it's almost tempting you to go do something a little more grander than the average out or drow would do, and thus make you one step closer to probably dying. Yeah, and the uh, more powerful the ability, the bigger the consequences if the dice go, don't go there. Exactly. I, I would like to mention a, a, a scenario, a story from the campaign that I found very funny that mm-hmm. happened recently, and it was with one of those medium advances, one of the medium strength powers that we got. Uh, it was after the assassination. Yeah, yeah, okay. And and the assassination happened. There was a big magical blast. Assassination My attempt. Assassination attempt. Yep. My character shows up. The assassin is right there, and people start crowding around, wondering like what's going on. And and the assassin uses magic. It, well, that's not the assassin. It, no, the, the the assassin was another elf here. Yeah. But what you were the first on the scene, and I I had given you basically the option of. This is a hurt elf here. You can finish them off, or you can call for help. I thought you were and, I, I used the power to call yeah. for help. And, and he used the power to call for help, and as they all go in, an accomplice of the murderer, one of the people that is being magically controlled by them, came in, and all of the a lot of the other important drow also get, like, class abilities and, like, character abilities that the players have access to, and they used a thing that lets them convince the crowd, and, like point them towards a conclusion, and they were like, it was that guy pointing towards Santi's character. Since he was first in the <laughs> and, scene. And then, yeah. I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was you, using a different power <laughs> that let me shift the blame onto somebody else. Yeah. And, and people were like, 
No, no, he's got a point. It's yeah, like, he's got a point. That it was a perfect sense. use of the power. I love it when 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 a player character can use an ability that's like, oh my god, this is the perfect moment for the that. The stars aligned for exactly. it. Exactly. And, and the players get such fun abilities. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I I have so much fun with my ability. Like, like, my, like your primary your core, one? Yeah, my Good. core ability. Where it's just, I get to say once in a session that I am somewhere in the scene, even if I didn't describe myself being there, if there's a feasible way that my character could have been mm-hmm. there. Yeah, and a lot of yeah. Spire is so much like split-party investigation and doing things. So, like, there's been a couple times where players are, like, out by themselves, caught out, be- about to get, like, murdered in one case, and, and Caleb was just like, Dinko's there. <laughs> <laughs> Dinko was there. Yeah, like a whole, like... <laughs> 15-20 minute scene that is like playing out intrigues happening and it ends in like the climax comes and he's like Dinko's there and I stab him in the back of the head yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> and, and to be fair that I love that it's but so it was good. also just as funny when I do it as a joke and we go with it <laughs> like, like like when you were walking with me and the other, the rest of the party was like going somewhere else to like I think it was like uh, the university, the library, yeah, the yeah. library, and and you're just like I'm there, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you were just walking with me. Do I like turn around and you're just not there? Yeah, anymore? very Batman style, just like talking to somebody who you thought was there and he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then at the start of the next session, because there was a cut of sessions between them, he gets his power back, mm-hmm. and so. He finishes going to yeah. meet the person, and Dinko's already inside <laughs> having tea with him. <laughs> yeah. See, that one I think was the dumbest use of that power, but so I loved good. it. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. Narratively did not help the story no. at all. No, no, no. But it was great. Alright, so you said there's something near you're in. Yes! Uh, I recently joined a game of Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. Nice. Uh, yeah, what's up? I was just saying, but that's one of the games that I've been kind of curious about and I've read a little bit about, but it's like I don't know that much about. Mm-hmm. It, it is some fun abilities, it seems like. It is. See, the thing is, the game, at least so far that we've played, like, the abilities, like, it's kind of like Spire is the way I'm going to describe it. And I know Vampire came before Spire, but there are powers as a vampire that you get, but more often than not, it's... it's the drama, the action, etc., very rarely uses powers. Like we've had, uh, we've had two action-packed sessions so far. But in the, a- in the two action-packed sessions, we've I've used one power twice, and it wasn't like a super flashy power. It's just a power that lets me convince somebody to do uh, a thing, like like just just, and they have to roll to maybe protect against it. Like resist it. Yeah. And and that's it. Um in my experience so far, uh it's it's it is like the high drama of of literally being a vampire. I mean that's part of the campaign, but it's like I'll 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 explain my character and, and maybe that'll help. Uh we're playing in a campaign called Toronto by Night because we are playing in Toronto, city that we know, like all the players kind of know, mostly. And I'm playing a character who is a very wealthy person before they became a vampire. Drake. No. Oh uh, my god, but you, know, you could have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm playing a very wealthy character before I got turned. Yeah. Uh, the the whole turning thing is an entire plot narrative thing, but uh, his name is Chadsworth Bragarelli, otherwise known as Chad Bragg, because I designed him to be the most terrible human being possible. And um, over the course of literally the first session, he went from being like this character that I had envisioned of being like this chauvinist, misogynistic, like, you should smile more, I'm correct kind of character, to being more akin to a slightly more successful Galir from, yeah. from uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fantasy High. Yeah, like, he's, re- like, he got divorced in the last year, not over it at all. Literally, the first session is me waking up to my cell phone playing the song that my ex-wife now, like, that. it was our song, and that was my alarm clock because I'm tormenting myself. Yeah. As a vampire, I can't eat food, I can't get drunk, I can only maybe drink wine, and I have to throw it up at the end, like, like before I go to the slumber because I I can't process you it. You can only eat blood or drink blood. Exactly. So my character's basically like up until the the first session, his life after being turned was moping around in a hotel because his ex wife took everything from him. Not everything, but like all the houses and, and stuff like that. And and he's moping around in the hotel, waking up at seven PM at night because he's a vampire binging on red wine because he's it's the only thing he can drink he can't get drunk it doesn't taste good but he's just used to it because he's italian and he always drank red wine and so his 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 uh, hotel room over the course of the night fills with wine bottles that he then throws up into the tub or toilet and then room service while he's passed out in the morning because he's a vampire he goes to sleep in morning, they come in, clean everything, he wakes up, he's covered in, like, bloody-looking vomit, but it's red wine, it's just red wine, <laughs> to the sound of his and his ex-wife's song to wake him up. It's very, uh, <laughs> it's very, uh, Bojack Horseman. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> And that's kind of like the, the the character basis of like Vampire the Masquerade. It's like you are playing deeply flawed former humans that are trying to adapt to a new unlife. And but it's set in this like our world, right? It's set in our world. Yeah. yeah. So it's very much. It, it's know, a little bit like high drama slice of life. It, yeah, it's high drama and like. Probably more serious version of what we do in the shadows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, absolutely. In Let's the second it. section, uh, Vic's also part of this campaign. In the second session, Vic's character, who is this like crystal healing yoga guru kind of mm-hmm. character, uh, who doesn't kill. Their entire thing is they don't kill. They don't like the concept of killing. They, they like they, they they consensually take blood from people. They rolled poorly and killed this person in the middle of draining blood at the very beginning of the session. And literally, the first way to start the the literally the first twenty five minutes is them panicking, messaging everyone they know to come over to help because they don't know like everything's wrong with the universe and, and, and like. The, 
the vibes are off. not right. Yeah. The vibes aren't right. And we come my in here and there's, bad vibes. there's this dead person here and everyone else is not reacting. Uh, the GM, who's Brit, <laughs> asks us, like, is this like the first... First, Brit asked Vic, is this the first time you've seen a dead body? And, and Vic's like, yes. And Brit asks Andy, and it's like, is this the first time you've seen a dead body? And it's like, no. And it's also like, it's probably the first time I've seen a body become dead. Like, they've seen mm-hmm. dead bodies, but they've never seen yeah, a body sorry. dying. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, it would be really funny if, like, that happened. You come over and you're like, you going to finish that? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the thing is, my character's a Ventru, and they're very, like, picky about what kind of blood they oh, take. Gotcha. So he would never. He's oh. too pretentious. Uh, well, see, my, my character's also, like, uh, an Italian mafioso kind of character. <laughs> so when Brit asked, you know, me, is this the first time you've seen a dead body? I'm Definitely like, not. <laughs> I, no, my words were, is it, it's not only not the first time I've seen a dead body, it's not the first time I've seen a dead body stuffed in a locker in a garbage bag. <laughs> 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 because that's how, that's how Vic's character, like, very quickly, like, yeah, put them yeah, in yeah. a garbage bag, stuffed them in a locker, panicked. <laughs> and that's kind of like what those, like, vampire in my experience, is. It's these, like, it, it's very grounded in some sense. Like, what would you do if you killed somebody? Like, you panic? Like, it's it's yeah. very... Despite the fact that the characters are, like, un, literally unholy monsters that drink blood and have, like, a beast inside them that wants to kill, they're still, like, they were human, and that still yeah. influences every one of their interactions. Right. There's, it's still slice of lifey. Is there, like, so I don't know too much about how the games are regularly played, but is there typically, like, any sort of, you know, combat versus, like, supernatural being? There like, can is be. Is there an underworld with we have like an ex- werewolves and stuff like that? We, yeah, there are werewolves. There's yeah. a bunch of other <laughs> things as well. Right. But we haven't encountered them personally. Mm-hmm. We've encountered other vampires, obviously. Right. But yeah, there's combat, there's guns, there's what we would find in our sure. world. But you could just live your lives as vampires and just go through silly shenanigans like, oh, we gotta deal with this dead body. There's a whole like hierarchy of society mm. for vampire society. Right. And what made our three characters kind of like stick together was basically we were assigned duty by the, the Camarilla. Mm-hmm. And we are basically the people that make sure that the masquerade isn't broken. So the masquerade is like the lie that vampires don't exist. Right, yeah. And so our job is to make sure that greater human society doesn't... Doesn't find out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's the masquerade. That's the masquerade. But you said, what what would you do if you were turned into a vampire? And like, what would you do if you killed people? We know that, actually. Because we've been playing a campaign as ourselves. Yeah, we have, yeah. we've <laughs> had to roleplay ourselves in a situation where we got transported to a fifth edition sort of D and D world. Fa- it, it's ostensibly favorite. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it seems to be fair. It's it's very interesting because this is like the GM was like, "I want to run an isekai," basically, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Right? An isekai for those who are not aware is a type of story where you're transported as yourselves or a character from one world into a completely new world. Yeah, it's a very popular, uh, like... Genre. Yeah, genre, especially recently. Of and manga and anime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, the GM was like, that's what I want to run. Uh, and they wanted 
a large number of players, but they're also kind of wanted, like, you know, one or two people could miss the session and the session <laughs> will still run. And they have a plan for that. All of us are players in that campaign. None of us are the GM. The GM is Natasha, who spoke about her birthday. And yeah, it's interesting because she's like, you're in, like, you, you wake up, you feel the static, you wake up in this new world, you're in the middle of a forest, you're in different clothes than your normal clothes. The only thing you have from your previous fo- uh, world is your cell phone. It, well, what you had in your pockets at the time. <clears throat> no, she didn't give us everything. She, no, no, did she, she? Did? Yeah, she did. She did. She did. Whatever you had in your pockets at the time, and most of us had our phones. I had my phone and my. I had keys. I had a wallet. Then you know you how have, you know you how should, useful twenty dollar Canadian bills are. <laughs> you uh, <want> cash? <laughs> I do not always, but I do. Um, another thing about the campaign that's interesting: we're playing ourselves. To get our stats, we had to prove that we deserve those stats. Yeah, we didn't use, like, regular D&D character creation. We were like, doesn't matter if the characters are balanced or not. We basically sat down. Our session zero was, what would everyone's real-life abilities right now translate to as D&D stats? And whenever we get to the levels, like, we recently got to fourth level, where everyone gets that uh, attribute increase... You don't get that ability uh, attribute increase. Instead, if you want to update your stats since we started, then you can update them. Yeah, and so like if you went to the gym, then you might increase your strength. You yeah, know? stuff like that. I, I feel like yeah, uh, it was all. It's also interesting because like it's like I think I like you know it's like it was like three months after our session zero was the, when we hit l- level four, <laughs> three months or so. Uh, uh, level and two. It, Level four for the attribute increase. Oh, yeah, right. Level four. You're yeah, right, you're right. So it was like maybe three months or so, and mm-hmm. a bunch of us had been exercising. And so I was like, "Well, I mean, like, let's see. How are we gonna judge this?" Where I'm like, "Oh, well, I guess we'll judge this by like number of push-ups or stuff like that." And like, we did these bunch of exercises to like test yeah. ourselves uh, on these different things. Uh, also, it's also interesting because it's set in Faerun, which a bunch of us. Are no nerds. Yeah, a bunch of us are nerds, and a bunch of us know about it. And it's also interesting that she gave us our cell phones, and so, like, I have D&D Beyond on my phone, and I have downloaded, like, a bunch of books just so they load quickly and what have you. Um. Yeah, same with Chris. So it's like, when we're like, okay, we're in a D&D world, you seem to be a warlock. Mm. What are warlock powers that you might have and testing it out and so that, that was like a whole like the first arc of the campaign is basically that trying, trying to figure out what how we to, were and how to do things how to do magic yeah, yeah. and stuff like that uh, Candlekeep was OP because Candlekeep is full of books you can read <laughs> yeah. uh, as a wizard I use Prestidigitation so much and it is the best spell ever yeah so it turns out what would I do if I had to kill people uh, I would make a pact with a demon so yeah. I could kill again. <laughs> it's funny, but more powerful I will this say, time. I will say, okay, so it's we kind of move through sessions like whatever. How we should we've skipped over something. So the first while in the campaign, all our enemies were stuff that were inhuman. Yep. But then the last several sessions, it just it was it literally just now dawning on me. We killed people for the first time. Oh yeah, like not some, not some uh, elemental, not no, like people. Yeah, yeah, just people, and like we all just kind of moved past it the, because the way you do they a were D&D. bandits. Yeah, the way you do a D and D. Yeah, but like I feel like we should have spent a bit more time now than thinking about it. Yeah. The it first is, time it was yeah. in self defense. Yeah, the second time we took the fight to them. Yeah, the 
the attacking them in their own place and burning them out. That that one. I no, I'm going further past, uh, even past the Raven mm-hmm. in the yeah. Raven Kingdom, mm-hmm. where we uh, where we killed the, the ne- Necromancer. We didn't just like we burnt the shit out of him, and like we were all like, eh, whatever. I don't like some part of me is like I don't know if that's how we would react. I don't know no, if we'd be that irreverent. Well, it's it's really hard to RP something like that without yeah. having actually burnt up. You know what, crisp uh, for for RP, we should all go. We should all murder somebody. <laughs> Just crackhead gins. <laughs> <laughs> so lucky day. Just so um, we would know how we would react. Yeah. I, I know how I would react if I witnessed on the high seas the most terrifying thing I have ever <laughs> oh, heard. I, I did not witness it. I was oh, on, I was on lookout oh, at the you, time. You, you witnessed it when everyone else did, which yeah. is when they were on the ship. And they were already on the ship. The most terrifying enemy we've ever encountered. Yep. Trillions of ants. On the high seas. Trillions. Trillions. That's floral trillions. <laughs> Multiple trillions. I rolled a nineteen on my perception check. Apparently, I didn't notice these trillions. They rolled better than nineteen. They roll better to Those sneak are up some on a ship. Stealthy <laughs> sea ants. They were at sea, <laughs> and we didn't see them. I, I will say the GM used like uh, a random uh, um, ge- generator for that. I even the GM did not realize what that means, and like. It's part of, like, you know, the human nature. There's some things that are so big, you just don't think about them. <laughs> Trillions with a plural of ants means that if you divided them equally amongst people, each person has 1,000 ants. That's a lot. For every one person, there's a 1,000 ants. In the world. Yeah. This is not like, oh, they were spread over the globe. This is where, no, they're right there next to your ship. <laughs> <laughs> And actively invading your ship. And you don't notice it till they're already on the ship. That many ants. One trillion ants. We sat down. It was ridiculous to us, and a bunch of us are nerds. And, and, and sorry, before you continue. We did the math. Before you we continue, did we did math. the math, and we kept doing the math every session since it's come up. Like, every time we're like, but you ever think about trillions of ants? And then we, we went even further every single time. My favorite is... By weight, <laughs> one trillion ants is about like a hundred. Depends on the type of ant, a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand people. You know, that's the population of the city we live in. If we all of them together, that is a single trillion ant by weight. And it was multiple trillions. It's so trillions, so at least two, at least <laughs> twice that. Exactly. <laughs> and we were done with that in game, like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that has persisted. That was like months ago that we first encountered that. But ain't no way that's going out of our brains no. every single session. I will say, Natasha has also ensured that this comes up again. We have a magic item that once a day we get to summon an enemy we've defeated. As an ally. As an ally. Yes. And so. We were out on the high seas once more, <laughs> and I decided it would be a fun game to see what we got out of the bag. And lo and behold, trillions. one day it was the trillions of ants <laughs> just pouring out the back. <laughs> to be to be fair, to be fair, you then proceeded to instruct them to go commit piracy. I just thought that they were good at it, you know? <laughs> Do you think this 
Now, do you think this is a sick- <laughs> do you think this was a cyclical thing that Chili's as we encountered came out of a bag where someone had instructed them where to go commit Where did the original piracy? trillions of ants come from? It's like a twelve monkeys situation. <laughs> there was always gonna be me summoning trillions of ants <laughs> to go harass. That's why they come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Can we God. also the fact that. The Kool-Aid Man is not the most ridiculous thing that Enemy we've encountered, that we've encountered so yeah, far. Yeah, 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 that's true. We <laughs> sorry, also sorry. The according man. to the locals, that it was the Oh Yeah. <laughs> the Oh Yeah! <laughs> I will say, that one got us. That yeah, one, none got of us saw yeah. it coming until the last it moment. It was pretty good, because it was like, you know, like... Red powder near the doors, and all the walls were smashed in. And, and, and my familiar yeah. was like, "It tastes like strawberries." Yeah, and we were like, "What the fuck is going on in this town?" Yeah, this is crazy. And like it being called like the oh yeah or stuff like that, like it, it didn't click until the last moment where Natasha like did the was oh, giving yeah? a oh, was yeah? giving a story. Oh, no, uh, it's like oh wall. no, and so you say the chant. Oh no. Oh no! And then the monster breaks through. Oh yeah! yeah. And then he pr- proceeds to wipe the fucking floor with us. Oh yeah! This this enemy was nigh invulnerable. <laughs> I, I will say this is like we talked about in our D and D session about sometimes homebrew stuff isn't they're perfectly balanced. This is like a, a thing that Natasha had seen online, and she was like, "This is very cool. I have a, a story in mind for this." Mm-hmm. And so she <laughs> used it. It started out and given a challenge rating, but. It's not that challenge rating because it's immune to fi- to bludgeoning, uh, piercing, piercing and slashing. And slashing. Yeah. So it's immune to non most of our weapons. Yeah. and also had magical resistance. Yeah, yeah. Had advantage on uh, on saving, saving throws. throws because effectively what it is, it was a water elemental which has that magical resistance, but it was in a jar that was unbreakable. A glass jar, yeah, yeah, magical unbreakable glass jar. So, uh. Yeah. He's still salty about that shatter not working? Yeah, oh my god, I was like, this is perfect. Like, I have shattered glass. I was like, this is this is amazing. I'm gonna be able to... It's like I was talking about earlier. Yeah, the stars when, align. The stars align, and I was like, this is, the, this is my time, I chose this, this is gonna be my main damaging spell, and I'm like, shatter, nothing happens. <laughs> what? <laughs> That was such a feels bad man moment. Uh, <laughs> I will say, it turned out it ha- did have a deadly weakness, which is tipping it over. Yep, but uh, we did we did find that out of it. Uh, also, NSU uh, going up to it, getting murked, us dragging your limp body back, healing you up, and then your immediate reaction is with you know five what? health with five health. I'm, I'm going back in. I'm going back in. It happened twice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, here's the thing. In my, in my defense, in my, in my defense, what else was I going to do? <laughs> I, I was not down to... Stick to the plan. What was the plan? <laughs> we could hide, hide it. it using ice yes. damage. So I'm just, I didn't have enough spell slots. I'll tell you. You, what you were asking me to do is just leave the combat. I just... No, just wait until we've at least weakened it a little bit. There was no weakening it. <laughs> there was with the ice damage. It wasn't enough. We were running out of spell slots faster than that thing was... I I had... Dr- 
I think it would have worked. Oh, but no. Regardless, it, it is also, I think, uh, a big problem for us because we are playing woefully optimized the opposite, characters. The opposite of unoptimized. Yeah, yeah. We're, all, we're, we're mostly unoptimized characters. I will say, you benefit, you, Santiago, benefit the most because you're the only intelligence-based class. Yeah. yeah. We're all uni... And we're, we're, all, we're, all like, you know, we're all a bunch of nerds, you know, all university educated, and so I feel like in real life, our stats all lean towards intelligence rather than a bunch of the other stats, and you're the only intelligence-based yeah. character, so I feel like you benefit the most, but yeah. yeah it is a really fun experience, like, <laughs> RPing yourself, although, like, it's hard as well, yeah, to I, be fair. Yeah, there's some kind of barrier that you put in there, because they're like, yeah. this is a story. And that's why we overlooked yeah. killing people, because they're like, ah, oh, this is a story. These things happen yeah. in a story. And the tone of of Wishfully is more whimsical. Yeah, because of yeah, like, <laughs> it's painted in a whimsical <laughs> light. Mostly whimsical. It's whimsical that... with random horror elements. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like, it'll be whimsical, whimsical, whimsical. We just... Burnt these people alive and closed the door on them. Whimsical, whimsical, whimsical. And it's, it's some of those things that, like, I think it's just, it's too hard to RP some things like that. Like, like I, I know how other people have reacted in so many different stories to that, but I really don't know how I personally would react to that. And so you just have to try to guess. You or know? do it in real life, you know? Or, or do it. Yeah, we all just need to do all of the things that we do and wishfully. In we did life. not waterboard anyone. Oh, yeah, we didn't waterboard <laughs> anyone. Morality has been a sticking point in this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, one of, the, one of the first things that one of the players says is, like, I'm going to rob this body. And I'm like, really? That is really what you're going to do. You're, you're going to loot the first dead body we run across. That we, in the entire campaign. In the entire campaign. And it's like, we don't, it's like, you're not going to check if their next of kin is, he, is around or something. It's like, no, I'm just going to take their stuff. They don't need it anymore. And I'm like, yes, but, you know, the morality to, of, like... To, to be fair... Ah, the this... woman I marry. <laughs> to be fair... That's right, that player is currently your, your fiancé. Yeah, to to yep. be fair, there is another player who, apparently, in their first session, became a cannibal? Oh, oh right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. But was strangely okay with it. <laughs> Afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it's fun. It's it's an interesting thought experiment, and also uh, for me, it's a lot of just hey, it's me, this is how I would react. But I have given myself like a north star of okay, I'm in this situation, so I've decided my goal is just to keep everyone alive until we can figure out how to get the fuck out of yeah. here. And so every decision I make, whenever I'm like, okay, what am what is crazy Chris doing? It's like, it's to that goal. Like, it's I, your defining intimacy. Yeah, it's my defining intimacy. I will <laughs> say, I, about this campaign, it's a thought that both Natasha and I have had for a while about running a campaign with play, everyone playing themselves. Uh, uh, the campaign I have in mind, like, goes in a different direction. In my more superpowers? Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a bit more superpowers. I would still have, I would have it set in the real world. Like, in my head, the campaign starts with all of us at someone's house ready for a session. 
that's how where the campaign is. Oh, is this going to be the precursor story to Shadowrun where we all die? <laughs> that would be sick. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. You uh, just ruined his plan. Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, and, and my plan was I to get, get a bit more yeah. gr- gritty and dark than what Na- where Natasha has gone. Right. Uh, Natasha's gone pretty dark. Not gritty. Uh, no. not and, and like, yeah, again, it feels like more heroic than perhaps the tale I have in mind. Sure. But yeah, it's it's interesting to just see that and, and how people play it. I will say, you're saying that about Shadowrun. That is my favorite character because it's <laughs> so easy to play that character. Yeah. The character is called Dread. Another name, a name that you might recognize the audience, is Ennis. Yeah. It's it's he, it's his own it's him. Yeah. It, it's him. a self-insert. It's yeah. a self-insert. Literally. Yeah. Literally, because as I was designing the campaign initially, I wanted to have this character with this specific ability. I'll get into it in a second. Uh, that will interact with the players, and they would. This character would be like insane. Their ability had driven them kind of mad, but they're not necessarily evil. They're not good either. Mm-hmm. I also, while you know, writing up the thing for Shadowrun, Shadowrun takes place on Earth. Our campaign is taking place in the year 2095. I was like, one of us could be feasibly alive then. Like, 70 years from now? Yeah. yeah, it's like, I was like, I was looking at myself, it's like, I'd be 99 years old, but I, I could still be around. And initially, I was going to have one of us be there as an old man. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, all right, well, who am I going to roleplay? And I was like, not comfortable playing anyone else. I was like, I'm not deep enough in the psyche of anyone else. I was like, I'll just be... Me, Ennis, as 99, he's old, all his friends may- maybe pass away, maybe they're still alive, we'll, we'll, fi- we'll see where this goes. And then the two ideas kind of merged, because what the, the power for Dread is, is he's immortal, he can't die. Uh, and so I was like, that works out perfectly, I don't have to be me as an old man, I'm just me as I am, it's just I can't die and all my friends have died. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that in suspicious ways, in suspicious ways, and I uh, 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 and I have since gone off the deep end. Yeah. Uh, the funniest part about that <laughs> is the first time we met your, that character in world in the game yeah. was he was coming out of the ocean yeah. and to we're, a cult base. Yeah, we we inv- our characters had invaded uh, a cult that masqueraded as a charity. Yeah, and. We were, a cult. <laughs> we were we were tied up, you know, to a pole on a beach and all knocked out and I come to to screams of horror yeah. and turns out Dread or Ennis, yeah. this character had massacred all the cultists and was spending a lot of time underwater. I don't know how long, but he had just been underwater for years, maybe, yeah. and it comes straight up to where we're chained up, and, you know, I'm on the ground. I'm eye level <laughs> with his junk, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so, this, that was... And he thing. described that. Yeah. So, this was the thing of, initially, it wasn't me. It was this immortal character. Yeah. And so, I, I wanted them to be unnerving, and un- I wanted them to make you uncomfortable. And so... And so, Ennis is like... Okay, but what do they look like naked? And so, 
strips down <laughs> and then just writes down that description. He's like, yeah, I can use this. <laughs> oh, where's that hair the most thick? Oh. And he has a mole on his left testicle. Okay. <laughs> that, that did happen. I tried to not get too, too explicit. Yeah. And I was like, even, I was, the, the, you know, the hair had you grown long enough to, to, to cover any, uh, anything to, <laughs> to assess the hair censorship. But, but yeah, it's it hair censorship. But, like, after I say, I said, you know, you're eye le- kind of eye level with his groin and he's naked, you're, lo- you're like, so I'm eye level, y- you, Caleb, were like, I'm eye level with you naked. And that's when it clicked for me. Oh, yes, this is me. <laughs> And so I just gotta imagine this. <laughs> so just imagine me naked, and that's yeah, that's weird. the theater of the mind can also be a theater of horror. <laughs> can I also point out that this is just a lovely way of tying this all up, as we have come full circle back to Shadowrun. Yeah, true. It all comes back to Shadowrun. Ah, uh, yeah. Un- yeah. Unintentionally, all of our not all of our, but a lot of our campaigns have formed this kind of multiverse <laughs> where there's like bits and pieces that kind of like show up in other ones. Yeah, and there's I, one I, thing that no, connects all no, of the no, multiverses. No, 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 And you'll have to find out next time on the Tabletop as Podcast. I've been Christian. I've been Ennis. Santiago. I've been Caleb. And you stole my line. <laughs> yeah! Ha, 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 ha.